Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your precious word this morning. Thank you for your people. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. You are a strong deliverer. You are very present help in time of need. And we honor you this morning. We bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You become real to every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, we all agree and say, Amen and Amen. I think this will be the, if God allows us, I think this will be the final Sunday I teach on honor. Um, I just sense we'll wrap it up this week. If God wants it changed, His will will be done next week. But I'm in a series called Honor for Honor. Uh, we understanding not so much about where we're at, but where we're going to. And the word of honor you're going to need, and it's understanding you're going to need for your future. And it's critical that you get to understand that this morning. we um, having a vision lunch for the newcomers to the church, those that are committed to the house of God, because your life matters to me. Um, when you're dealing with the word honor for honor, it is not just a one-way stream. It's not a one-way street. You don't, you don't just honor and God not honor you back. Um, the book of Samuel, chapter 1, verse, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, lets us know that God operates this way. It says, therefore God, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed, that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. Anytime God commits himself to you, he commits all the resources, he commits his protection upon your life. He says, when you honor me, I will honor you. So Saul goes and dishonors God in the first time that God calls him to honor him in his kingdom. In the kingdom of God, dishonor um, is, is, a, is a stench. It creates a problem for everybody in the kingdom of God. He says, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And that lightly esteemed allows you to understand that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So just getting rain for a child of God that honors God is not enough. You must have favor. And you must come up to a whole different level of living because when I begin to honor God, God separates me from the crowd. God separates me from everybody else. My prayers matter. That's really important. I want, I want my prayers to, to count for something. I want that when I hear the voice of God, it's... And, and, I, and I follow through with what God asked me to do. I know that my life is going to have an impact. My life will not be light. It will not be like when there's 10,000 applications. If they're going to pull one out, it's going to be my name. Come on, somebody. That's what it means to honor. That's when God goes and shifts everybody else out of the way just to come to meet with you, to connect with your family, and to make sure that your house is blessed and protected. That's why no evil will befall you. No harm will become near your home. Why? When you honor God, 
No matter what happens, I, I remember, I recall, you know, our home uh, where we are right now. Um, thank you for the contribution on pastor's appreciation. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to us. We're going to, when we're done, we're going to show you the pictures of the transformation we've made. We've been in this house for 22 years and been unable to renovate or do anything in that house. All we've done is started a connect group in there. Then we started the church from that house. And look what the Lord has done. Because of honor. And the one story goes about, uh, we were on our way to the Eastern Transvaal one weekend and we, uh, on a Friday, went and we did some shopping. And, and when we got home, our gate was open. And the cops were everywhere. And when we, I asked what was going on. They said, no, there's a guy that robbed a, a construction site with 20,000 rand. And so he's jumped over the wall, this house behind you, and he was actually in your yard. And then now they can't find him. So I said, well, I'm so sorry for this guy because he's jumped into the wrong yard now. Because this house is not like the neighbor's house. On another day, if he had jumped into another house, he'd have gotten away with it. So all the cops, they all around the corner and at our neighbor and everywhere else, they've come through my yard and there's no one there. And they can't find him. So they said, ah, just close the gate. He's not here. He's gone. We, we can't find him. I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you say? The Holy Spirit tells me he's still here. I said, open up that gate and bring the cops here. I said, I'm telling you now, I have intel. I have information you don't have. This guy is still here. He says, can't be. I said, I'm telling you. I said, go and start next door and work your way through. As they did that, the next minute you hear two gunshots go off. Now, we in our yard. The guy was hiding on that side of the fence. And so, he jumps over the fence and he comes by us. Passes he, we in our yard. We at the front door. He walks past us. And you know how awesome Pastor Z is. She's so friendly. She greets the guy. How are you doing? The guy goes around and, he's, and he goes to the back. The cops can't find him. I'm like, well, there he is. They come through the house. He jumped a couple of walls. And the guys were digging a pool about three houses away. And he put on overalls and he was with them. And the next minute, they got him, came down the street. And of course, we don't know where the 20,000 went, but they got the guy anyway. So, the point about that day is that this house is not like any other house. When you get involved in the kingdom of God, your house becomes different to anybody else's house. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come near you. Come on somebody, say amen. When I began to honor God, the first thing when I got that house, I brought it to the Lord. God led me to that house. Did miracles. There's testimony after testimony on that house of what God has done. Healings that took place. Breakthroughs upon people's lives. That house is like no other house. I want to speak that upon you because I offered my, whether it be my car or my house. God has done that for us. Because I, it's honor for honor. This is how it works with God and the call of God. So this morning I want to speak about honoring the call of God upon your life. Every successful endeavor in life can be traced back to a place where you chose to honor. 
if you fail in life, we can trace it back to a place where you failed to honor. The difference between the poor and the prosperous is simply found in whom they have chosen to honor. That's the reason why there are other gods. Because this God is above every other God. It's, it's that you put weight upon this God. The book of Esther is really about a dishonorable woman who failed to honor the, the husband, the king. Honor makes you a fragrance. Dishonor makes you an odor. People who fail to enter into heaven and have eternal life can trace it back to the place where they failed to honor Jesus Christ as Lord. Let me say this to you this morning. There are no dishonorable people in heaven. Not one. We'll go through Isaiah chapter 14 this morning. God himself makes a clear distinction between sinners and saints. One is cursed and the other is blessed. Are you a saint of the living God? You're not sure? Did you eat something this morning? Were you riding the 94.7? Just shout yes and amen. Say I'm blessed. Because you're like no one else. It's honor for honor when you set the house of God in place. When you say, serve Jesus. When you choose to come after God. God honors you. God doesn't leave. It just, it's, just, it's not a one-way street. It's got to be the fact that this house is different to every other, any other church. I put a greater emphasis. On the Saturday morning, you'll find me here praying for this church. Why? All the other churches is awesome. I love the pastors. I will help and will do whatever we can do. But this church matters to me. Your marriage matters to me. Your children matter to me. Your health matters. Why? I am the shepherd of this house. So it really, really matters. And so here's the vision for this house and what we're doing. It's important that you understand that. Put up the picture for part of my vision session this morning we're going through the culture of the ministry and we're going to teach on some of the culture and, and show everyone what it really means and we're going to teach them about how to honor this is what we're doing raising sons to honor the king and advance his kingdom that's my, that's my vision that's our vision if you are son of God how do you get raised up to be, to be matured sons has got nothing to do with a male and female. It's a matured believer. We're raising every woman, every boy, every girl, everyone, every family to honor the king, to advance his kingdom. That's it. So that's the reason why in the house you'll find anybody who is dishonorable becomes an odor. It's easy. I, it's something that happens inside of me that I can't explain that somebody can even look at you funny and I can tell you that this person is dishonorable. It's the reason why marriages are failing. The Bible says that the marriage bed is honorable. The reason why it's not working. You're here to honor God and honor His word because God honors you. If you honor Him, they, He's going to reciprocate by making sure that you come into your highest for God. The key to success is found in whom you have chosen to honor. The key to your success. John and Judas had the same mentor. It was, it's not he, it's not who teaches you, it's who you believe. 
So it's dishonorable for you to ask for my time for counseling for your marriage and not take my advice. It's dishonorable. Why would you waste my time? I can get my money back, but I can't get my time back. You wasted my time. That's dishonorable. Why would you be late for the meeting? That's dishonorable. It's important that you understand that because you will never do it for your boss at the work. Why? Because they're going to fire you. But in the house of God, there's no payment. But God's watching over every move we make. How, how we serve Him. How we, how we honor Him. It's not just about money. It's about everything that I do. How I spend time with God in the week and how I spend time in His Word. Why? Because Sunday morning, it's so important to me. You're important to me. My, your life matters to me as a pastor, as your shepherd. Your well-being is important. We're praying over that. Why? It's honor for honor. You've honored me. You've come to church. You are part of this vision. You're sowing into this house. You are helping us build. It's right that I pray for you, that I honor you, that we walk together as one. And that's the reason why casual relationships don't build anything. They don't go anywhere. It's important that this generation is struggling with commitment, that you become committed. Why? Because casual relationships build nothing. You ask a woman that's been staying with a man for 30 years, frustrated, not doing anything, not building it, because you're not honoring God. When you make a commitment and you move from a casual relationship into a covenant relationship, then all of heaven is at attention. Because now you are honoring God and the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. That means your spiritual walk with God goes to times ten thousand. It's times ten. A, a thousand. You're getting it right. Prisons are full because no one taught them to honor. I can predict your future by seeing who you honor. So as a pastor, one more time, let me say this to you. I cannot help anyone who does not honor my voice. When you've come to the church, it's because God is putting something on the inside of you and I'm, I'm not trying to occupy your time just for the sake of it. I'm spending time with the Lord. I, there's so much I can preach. For the last 14, 15 years, I've preached so many sermons. And there's many we can pull out, but I've got to go before the Lord every day to go and ask, what do you need for today? That's honorable before the Lord. I'm honoring the call of God upon my life and upon, for your future. The, the, the difference between success and failure in life is found in understanding the spirit of honor. So here's a term. Here's, here's the understanding. To honor this morning, I want you to understand this, means to make weighty or heavy impressiveness or importance you know whether people are honoring God or not because you find out what they find is weighty in their lives so looking good and paying my my bills first my name is important so I put it there first I, I, I go to that place and I make my house heavy or impressive or weighty or my clothing the way I look or traveling, my holiday is more important, so I'll take the holiday money instead of honoring God. I will go and use that for holidays. That tells us whom who you honoring. Matthew 15:8 says. 
These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What's the secret there? That all honor comes from the heart. That means I can be singing songs, but thinking about lunch, not engaging with God. Because it's possible for me to just to, you know, and we, we do it. We can sing songs, but we're not really connected with God. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we know what people are putting weight upon when, where their money goes and their time goes. And for all those single ones, you understand that. It happened to me when I fell in love with this woman and I spent money I never had. My sleep time was like nothing. And I dreamt up my vision and my dream and the house and the children. I'm thinking about this woman and my future with her. And I take all my time and I put a weightiness on her. Now, not like I'm ugly and I never had girls chasing me. Oh, you'd want to hear that. They were lined up. I had choices. Why, why are you laughing? Did, did, did. So we go to Cape Town the other day and she reminds me about something. She says, you know what? When you brought me into your bedroom one day, it was just at home. She came to visit her family and so on. So she just came to see like, who's this guy? No, I did not go and have sex with him. I'm talking about just finding out who this guy is. And ladies, maybe that's a good idea. Go and open up his wardrobes and find out who he really is. Because you'll find stuff in there. And take his phone as well. Amen. So this woman walks into my bedroom just basically saying, well, if you say I'm the one, let me see what's going on here. And she pulls out my black book. There's all the girls' numbers in there. And we're having this... You guys are really quiet. Are we in church this morning? And she says, this is what she says to me in Cape Town this, this last holiday. She says, you know what? I looked through all that numbers, but my name was at the top. It's honor. Are you getting it? Because even though everybody else is there, my money, the girls bought me clothing. The girls bought me things. But I took my stuff and I gave it to her. It's important that you know that there's someone else chasing that guy. That there's at least other options. Of course, we need to know, look, if you're the only one on this earth, even with your one tooth, everybody's going to be chasing after the one guy. Let me get over this. This means that I don't put my money where my mouth is. I put my money where my heart is. When I'm honoring God, I put my money and my time where my heart is. I don't go everywhere on a Saturday. Why? Because this house is important to me. And your life matters to me. So I'm praying for you. Because there is a reciprocation taking place. It's called honor for honor. A lack of honor results in no weightiness in our prayers. Can I say that again? 
Have you find people that, you know, they pray but there's no weight. It's like almost like you don't even feel like praying because God's not hearing me. You can't live like that. Because I go before the Lord and I say, no. I'm serving you. I'm honoring you. I've given up everything to follow you. Now you need to speak to me because I'm not going to the Sangomas for help. I'm not consulting anybody else. There are other people I can go to. I'm not going there. I can go and play the lotto. I don't do that. I tithe because you are my source. Everybody else is a resource. But God is our only source. I need help from you. You need to speak to me. I honored you. You need to honor me. I'm expecting God to honor me. Because anytime we come up into a new place of covenant relationships, if I'm honoring my wife, I'm expecting her to honor me. There's a story in the book of Esther that actually was all about this Queen Vashti. And we miss it. We speak about the favor of Esther and who Esther was. But the truth is, when you start the story and you begin to understand it, is that the, the king is drunk. In his kingdom, he says, look, it's time for a party. And he throws a party for weeks. And then he's getting drunk. The women are having their own party. And so he's in his drunken state. He now calls, he says, listen, go and fetch that queen of mine. And let her come and show herself off here of how awesome I am as a king. Men, you should have your home like that. That when she sits in there, your house is just awesome. And he must be able to can boast upon what's happening in that home. This dishonorable woman, she tells the king, she says, tell him to bugger off. I'm not coming. We got our own party going on here. He supports Manchester. We support Liverpool. I'm just saying. He turns around, she turns, he turns around and he says, now, what are we going to do about this? Because she refused to come. He brings all his consultants together in the kingdom. And they say to him, say, King, we have a problem here because the way this woman is treating you, all the wives are going to treat their husbands that way. Dishonor is so... It, it, makes you an, it makes you an odor. So there's an odor in the kingdom that they had to address. You can't live with the heart of dishonor wherever you go. Because sooner or later it's going to surface. And it's going to stink up the whole place. There's somebody that came here and said, I've never, come, I've never had a counseling session with you and your wife. But I'm watching how your wife is being so honorable. She's the only one taking notes up front. Yet she, we're on the same software. We use Evernote. And we share it. She can get the notes from Evernote anytime she wants. Because she's got her own passcode and we connected. Yet she sits on a Sunday morning and takes the notes that I'm giving every Sunday morning. That's honorable. You missed your moment to clap. Because people are watching how you treat your husband. The children are watching how you speak about your father. You're their father. It's important that you keep honor in your heart. Let your, don't cut your children's lives because the Bible says, honor your mother and your father that your days may be lengthened. 
You cut off a child's destiny by teaching him to dishonor your father. Ah, he's useless. You've got to change that because you've got to teach them how to honor. You need to learn how to honor God, how you treat his house, his word, his will, and even your pastor. Because you're not, the, the, the rest of the world really doesn't matter to me. Well, it does, but what really, really is important is your success. So God honors those. Proverbs chapter 26. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. That means there's no such thing as blind honor. If somebody claims to be a pastor and raping girls, how can you honor that man? You give honor where honor's due. There's no blind honor. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 1. Do you have that for me? As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Somebody who's being foolish in the way he treats his wife. Yeah, but I'm the father in this place. You're kidding. Sit down, man. You're kidding. We give honor where honor's due. You treat your wife, you treat your children, you treat the church. That's an honorable person. Why should anybody run to your rescue when you are dishonorable to the house of God, the people of God, the things of God? A fool. Honor's not fitting for a fool. What does a fool do? A fool says in Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. A fool says there's no God to honor. You were not supposed to operate like a fool. You were supposed to be honoring the call of God upon your life and functioning as a child of God with God in the center of all your decisions of where you're going to and what you need to be doing. You can't be making up your, your life and then studying something else and say, well, let me just go and study whatever I want to study. Why don't you go and ask the Holy Spirit? Because you see, the Holy Spirit, when you make Him weighty in your life, He'll speak to you. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to go and study. The problem with most people is they wake up in the morning, they don't even consider the Holy Spirit. They don't consider the Word of God. There's no weight upon what the Holy Spirit is saying. There's no weight about who to give and when to give and how much to give. Uh, you're, you're giving, you're serving of what to do. Everything that God is doing in the season, I've been called to preach and we've had some corporates buy 50 books from one organization, another organization purchased a hundred books. And the Lord says to me, listen, uh, no, no, this is the reason why. God says, take all of that now and fix your wife's house. And put a weight on this house and put a weight on your relationship and put a weight and, and, and set this thing different to any other house. 15 years we've been at this. We've given everything from our house and everything else to make sure that we can be here and nobody knows about that. But I didn't do it for you. I did it to God. Why? It was the call of God upon my life. God is fixing my heart. Are you with me this morning? But then there comes a time when God says, now take what I'm doing in this season and make her house right. And the problem with most people is that because you've been working on your house all the time, you're wondering why this thing's not working. It's not even a joy anymore. You've got a beautiful house, but you can't even live in it. You've got, you got, you got a house, but it's not a home. Why? Because God's not in the center of it. God becomes the center of your home when you first put His church first. When His church is first, God takes care of your house. When His house is first, He takes... That's honor. That's honor. That's honor. 
I can't have anybody come and stay in my household or drink the way they want to drink or, or come and just hang out by me. Why? I've honored my home. I walked away from drinking a long time ago. So wherever I go, I'm, I'm, what am I doing? My, my vessel, my home, my life, everything is pure. I want to keep it pure. And if I fail, then I get up and I go before the Lord. And I know, remember, I am the righteousness of God. And I remind myself that I'm a man of honor. So if I fail someone else, I go and I have to apologize and fix things. Why? Because we are people of honor. Governments, fixing your books, and fixing your wardrobe, and fixing your home. What is that? It's honorable. We are an honorable people. You cannot have the presence of God without understanding honor in your life. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, please. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you cut down to the ground, you we you who weakened the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into the heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Watch the pride. Watch the arrogance. Look at the dishonor. Dishonor makes you an odor. He positions himself differently. God gives him a position, it's not good enough. I will exalt my throne. Wow. Above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. Look how many eyes are in there. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. God says, well, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? God says, I will then separate myself from you and I'll create a place for you to go and live in. Because no dishonorable person lives in heaven. Not one. You can't tolerate dishonor in your home. Don't let your children see dishonor. Don't let, when you're going through that time of the month, woman, don't let your pressure create dishonor in your home. Always be honorable. And this is what the enemy is doing. Anytime you find dishonor because of his dishonor in heaven, he saw God's response. He knows about God's response to dishonor. He will always work in your heart to dishonor God. What's he trying to do? He's trying to weaken your walk with God. Weaken the anointing of God upon your life. Weaken marriages. Weaken communities. He's looking to weaken people. And now you find people when an attack comes on their physical bodies, they can't even rise up and tell the devil to shut up and to bind him and to resist him and to rebuke him. Why? They've been living in this place of dishonor for such a long time. You can't dishonor the house of God, the man of God. I mean, where are you going to get the anointing? How are you going to deal with the challenges of life when things begin to come against you? How are you going to deal with that? 
unless there's an anointing of God upon your life. And what is the enemy after? He's after the anointing. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God upon your life. And anytime you don't have the anointing of God upon your life, there is no miracles that can take place. There is no miracles that can take place. I need to share something quickly. It's important that you understand the power of honor. Glory be to Jesus. Somebody say amen. Have a look at this. Mark chapter 6 verse 1. What's he after? He's after the anointing. Because without the anointing, you're like, you're like an ordinary person. You, your prayers don't matter. You've got to go and find a job. You've got to go and sleep with whoever to find, to, to, to get help. You've got to go and hang out with people that are dishonorable because they don't honor God, but they got the money. Now you've got to go and hang out with them. And you become no different to them. You, be, you, you smell like them. Then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? Get these things. And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works, mighty works, mighty works, mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter's son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. I am amazed. Outside of my wife and my children, we are eight in the family. Well, a little more. But not one of them in my church. Because all they remember is how they changed my nappy. We remember what you did. What's that got to do with the anointing of God upon my life? And anytime you only see me for where I come from and not for who I am right now, you miss out on the anointing of God upon my life. Next verse. Now he couldn't do no mighty work there. Not he wouldn't. He couldn't. There's a big difference. In a church of dishonor, it's not that God doesn't want to heal. Is that he can't. It's because if the church is not honorable, if the people do not honor him, there's no miraculous things happening in a church. No healings. Look at this. Except he laid, a hands on, uh, laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. That means he wants to do so much more through you. He wants to go and bless you and move you and give you wisdom and give you insight of what to do. But what's it done? The enemy has come to weaken the nations. How does he do that? Through dishonor. Through dishonor. You can't allow the enemy to bring dishonor in your home and in your life. You've got to be the one that's honorable. That you take your money and you separate what belongs to the Lord. And you treat your marriage the same way. 33 years later, this is the woman. I'm not looking around for another. I'm being honorable. I'm not trying to do something else. When I come to this church, I'm here to do the will of God. That's all I want to do. What am I doing? I'm being honorable. And many people make their own up. Your minds are made up already for some people of what you're going to study next year, where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Why don't you ask the Lord? What house? What area? 
Where should we go to? What should we do? And become honorable. Honorable. Somebody say amen. Let us end with this. Luke chapter 15 verse 11. I am telling you today that there's some of you that love the Lord but you're in the wrong place. And it's weakening who you are. When God, church and religion is established to control you but the kingdom has been established to empower you. That means God's not looking at your weakness in the kingdom. He's looking at your strength. That means there's a gift on the inside of you. That means there's a reason for your existence. And anytime you are positioned inaccurately, you don't feel like you're worthy. Because people will give you a skill, but it's detached to your gift. Yet a man's gift will make room for him and bring before great men. You're really quiet this morning. But it's okay. Anytime I use my gift, I'm honoring God. Anytime I get up and I get to preach and get up in the morning or put out leadership things or whatever, I'm taking my gift and I'm honoring my father with my gift. It's being honorable. It's to honor God with my whole life. The will of God for my life. There's a will of God for your life. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. We all know the prodigal son so, so, so strong. Check his dishonor. Give me the portion of good that befalls to me. That means, give me my inheritance. When do you receive your inheritance from your father? When he's dead. So what was he saying to his father? I wish you were dead. Give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided them to, to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, out of position, out of place. That's dishonorable. Number one, it starts with dishonoring your heart towards your father. The boy's thinking about a party. He now has to dishonor his father because it's his will, not his father's will. When you prayed in the kingdom of God, you said, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. That's why you pray. And I can tell you the majority of people are not fulfilling the will of God. That's what the Lord gave me this morning. In fact, last night. Why? I know why, you're not, why it's not that way. Because you're not praying. Check your prayer life and you'll find that you are praying for I. Give me my holiday. Give me my house. Give me my, give me, give me mine. And so it's all about you. When you come into the presence of God and you start to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that's honorable. That's now changing your prayer life completely. This boy turns around and says, well, I want to go and party. So number one is that because I want to do my will, I wish you were dead. And the father goes and he blesses him, he helps the boy. He goes to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him to, into his fields to feed swine. Look what dishonor makes you. It makes you an odor. 
You start to eat with pigs. You start to hang out with people that you should never be hanging out with. Look at the dishonor in this boy's life. The guy says, look, I'm, I, I now need. The guy says, good, I got a field. Now go into the field and go and eat with the, with the pigs. Now you have to work for somebody where your gift is not making room for you because of the dishonor in your heart. You now you have to go and work for money. You were not supposed to. When the kingdom of God is first, all these things are added into your life. You weren't supposed to be begging anybody for anything. You are too gifted. You are too anointed. You are too strong in God. When you are walking with the Lord, there is no one that can stop you. Come on, somebody. You're going to beg nobody for anything. Why? Because when the kingdom of God is first, your prayers are weighty. Your life becomes weighty. Everything about your life matters to God. Come on, shout amen. Your children matter to the Lord. Where you stay matters to God. When honor is in your heart. The boy turns around. He's eating with the swine. Next verse. And he would have gladly filled his stomach. What was it? It was all about him. The father and the will of God was so far from him that the swine ate and no one, no one gave him anything. That's a sad place to be. That nobody, God can't put on anybody's heart to come and help you. That God can't speak to anybody to come and lift you up from where you are. And then they sit at home and say, the church is a terrible place. The pastors only look after themselves. Really? When did you honor? When did you put your life together and say, look, I need to honor God because this is the scripture. Anybody that honors God, God will honor them. God can never leave you in the valley when you're going through a tough time. If you've honored God in your home, God will come to your rescue every single time. God will come and heal you in your sick bed. God's going to raise you up. Come on, somebody. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Let the devil throw all that he has on your home and your life. God's going to make a way of escape. Please say amen in this church. Don't you ever believe the lie that there's no honor in return. Because everything that you do for God, God's looking over you. You will live and not die. This boy, he comes to himself. He says, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? It's still not nothing to do with his father. It's still about I. It's got nothing to do with the will of God. It's got nothing to do with the father's house. It's got to do with him and how he feels. Give me mine. I'm going to go. My will. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, my will. Okay. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He lied. Check the scripture. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your serv hired servants. He went home not because of honor. He went home because he was hungry. His stomach took him home. The dishonor in his heart was still there. And many people come to the church and connect with you for all the wrong reasons. And if he says, I love you, you must ask him why. 
He's after your hips, your lips, and your fingertips. He arose and came to his father. Look, look, look. This boy draws back to his father in a dishonorable way. But his father turns around in an honorable way. Because your God in heaven, God the Father, will never dishonor you. Even if you come with the wrong motive before Him. Even though your heart is not, you're trying to find your way and you're saying, God, how can I figure this thing out? Your Father in heaven, there's nobody dishonorable. God, your Father is not dishonorable. He knows this boy's heart. Because dishonor makes him an odor. If you're failing in life, it's because of dishonor somewhere. This boy comes home. But look at the Father's love. His father sees him still a great way off, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. He says, make me like one of your hired servants. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, doesn't even speak to him. Just deal with your, we will deal with your dishonor. But he calls all the servants and he says, in this kingdom, everybody gets raised up as sons. Even in your mistake and in your failure. God will never treat you that way. Even though you made a wrong move, God will always lift you up to a place. Why? Because there are no dishonorable people in his kingdom. Your mistakes don't disqualify you. That's my point. And he puts his ring, a ring on his finger, sandals, best robe. And then he says, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. That's why the Bible says, meat does not belong to the mature, to, to the babies. A baby can't deal with hard issues. This message in the last three weeks has been tough. It's been very tough because it's challenging everything inside of me, in my home, in my marriage, in the church, my relationship with God how I deal with money, how I deal with people, everything God is fixing on the inside of me. Why? The spirit of honor is a meat message. He says, cut the meat. Milk belongs to the untrained in righteousness. But meat is for the matured. Only one person with a knife and fork here. The rest of you came with looking for teats. And a little bottle. Come on, you are a son of God. You belong in the kingdom of God. There is honor on your lips and in your heart. All your dealings in your home, your family, your marriage, you are honorable in all your dealings. Please say amen. God is teaching us how to honor Him, to honor His people. And to honor the call of God upon your life. God is calling you to come up higher. And deal with all your affairs. I hate what they're doing around our children and the schools. This TSE program you've got to fight against. I put out my petition around this thing. I know that there's a nefarious agenda to teach five and eight-year-olds about sex education in such a comprehensive way. You know that we have a serious issue. But the truth is that the church should have been leading the way. And there are people that are, that are not even in the, in the body of Christ that are leading the way because the church is silent. You better start fighting for your children and teach them how to honor God, honor their bodies, honor their relationships. Because if you've taught your children how to honor, you've taught them enough. You don't leave it to government to raise up your children. 
You are quiet. Don't leave it to government to raise up your children. Do you know that we're finding that there's an Uber service? That the parents put their children on an on a Uber service to bring them to church. True story. Though they don't come to church, they send the children with an Uber to get them to church. And you want to wonder why when they're 18 and 19 years old, they dishonor God, they dishonor you, they dishonor all the systems, and they're stuck in jail and in a mess. It's because of a moment like this. It's serious. Honor the Lord with everything. Teach your children how to honor God. We put this in, right in our nation. Instead of sex education, if you put this in the classrooms, honor your teachers, honor, your, honor, honor girls, honor people's private parts, respect your body, respect their bodies. Imagine the kind of world we can live in. You're in a fight. And you can't allow your children to go anywhere and be trained by anybody else. Let the Word of God be our governance. Every single one of us. And every woman in this place, every Vashti has been removed. We only have Proverbs 31 women in this house that are honorable on every level. I'm telling you, the men are going to come from everywhere and we're going to train them up before they in we introduce them to you. You don't bring that scruffy stuff out from the world and bring them here and say, oh, we love the Lord. They lie. Let's find out what their history is like and how they've honored. If they're dishonorable in a previous marriage and all their lives, I mean, God can change people. And you know, but you don't bring the boy that if he's, if he's still sleeping with the pigs, now you want to bring him home here. No, let him get right with the father. And then you bring him in here. Let make sure you can't change the man. Let him be honorable. Let, let the children become honorable. Proverbs 31 woman in this house. The Esthers are in this house. You will go from strength to strength and from glory to glory in the name of Jesus. Here's what the Lord said to me in honoring the call of God. For those who are taking the call and will of God upon their lives seriously, to those who have made this call weighty in their lives, I will position them for my glory. I am placing a fresh anointing upon the sons and daughters and they will do great exploits for my kingdom. The anointing that will come upon them will turn them into another people and they will continue to increase on every level. Kingdom keys for access on the next level are being released in the season to those who are willing and obedient. The Davids will be anointed afresh. They will take down the giants in the land and then they will possess and eat the good of the land. Isaiah 6 and verse 1. There's a call of God, I feel. For God is calling His people to come up higher. I'm done preaching. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am a man of 
I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Watch. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Listen, church. God never called Isaiah. God laid out the call. And Isaiah responded. There is a call of a kingdom life embassy. I feel the next level of leaders, honorable in this house, for the next level of assignment is coming in this season. It's not only in this church, but there are many churches where God is raising up sons and daughters who will walk with keys in an honorable way. The call this morning, who will go for us? God is waiting for your response. God will never force himself on you, will never force his will upon your life. It's always a response coming from my heart. When I'm getting to pray, seek God's face and ask him for the next decade, don't leave me the same. Don't leave me doing my own will. The Bible says only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Only the rebellious live out outside of the will of God. Only the rebellious, you find them struggling because God is not in the center of it all. In all my dealings, it may be honorable. Don't leave me in the next decade doing my own thing. Bind me to paths of righteousness. Bind my feet to paths of righteousness.